Welcome to the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. I'm Lucy Gernon, ex-corporate leader turned CEO of my dream business, helping corporate female leaders just like you to create your dream career and life. At 40, I quit the corporate world as I was tired of doing a job that no longer lit me up and wanted to live my life my way. I created the Powerhouse Revolution podcast to give you simple, actionable tips and strategies to help you create the perfect career and lifestyle that you and your family deserve. So if you're a corporate female leader or manager who is ready to step into her superpowers and live the life you were born to live, you are definitely in the right place because life is way too short to dread Mondays. Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of the Powerhouse Revolution podcast. Can you believe it is almost Christmas? I'm sure you are wrapping up for the year right now and you're looking forward to logging off for a few days or hopefully even a couple of weeks to spend some time with your loved ones and you so, so deserve it. Please, please just remember you've worked so, so hard this year. You deserve to switch off and enjoy yourself and celebrate um, Christmas time if that's what you do with your family. So because it's coming up to the end of the year, I know a lot of you are going to be focusing on your goals for 2023 and you are going to be looking at the areas that you need to improve on and what you want from your career. So I wanted to bring on a very special guest to talk to you all about strategies for success. And we are getting into so much gold today. So I'm talking to Mary Moynihan, who is a senior vice president of Global Hitch or Services with Dell. And Mary is an incredibly vivacious, um, warm, genuine woman who I know you're going to learn tons from. So I really encourage you to go to the show notes after this to read the transcript, read the notes and to pull out some of the gold that she's going to be sharing with you today as you prepare for your goal setting next year. So we get into everything from um, how to ask for help, how to get promoted to an executive level, how to be more successful. We're talking all about your personal brand. We are talking all about how to give constructive feedback, how to make it as a woman in leadership and so, so much more. So after you listen to this, I have a free resource for you. It is a 30 day goal planner that you can grab in the show notes or where you're listening to that now. So if you just grab the goal planner, I want you to within 48 hours of listening to this episode, I want you to go to my website. I want you to download the goal planner and I want you to set some goals for yourself for 2023 because nothing changes unless you do something different and it is your time. 2023 is going to be your time to shine. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to my very special guest today, Mary Moynihan. Get ready to learn loads. Enjoy. Wonderful, Lucy. Great uh, to be here. Lovely to talk to your audience. So um, just by way of a high level, I suppose, overview of me. Uh, first of all, I'm a Cork woman always a claim to success here um <laughs> even though I live in Wicklow now and have been for about the last 30 years I'm from a place called Macroom in County Cork and I studied European studies in UCC and then I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go and study a postgrad in Europe in uh, Bruges in Belgium so that that was actually a fantastic experience but I came back to Ireland kind of in the late 80s in a to a pretty depressed place where you couldn't even buy a cappuccino. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and but I was fortunate to get um, my I suppose my foot on the ladder in a job at that time with IBEC, um, which is you know the employer organisation here. And look, that was the launching pad really for me of my career in human resources. At that time, it was very focused on industrial relations. So I was negotiating, you know, on behalf of companies with trade unions, representing companies in the labor court and all that. So it was quite a baptism of fire, I would say. Um, and I did that for about six years. And then I thought, you know what, I need a chance to... Um, kind of drink my own champagne here and implement some of the things I'm advising companies to do in a company environment. And that's really, I moved to Intel at that stage, spent about eight years with them, fantastic experience out in Leakslip here, um, you know, very much a global company, uh, very focused on direct relationships with team members and stuff. So that was a great um, experience for me. And I led HR out there for, for two of the fabrication plans. And then I, um, I had a small child. Uh, he was about one at the time and I had a long commute. So I decided, you know what, I need to find myself something else that's, you know, closer to home and also maybe in a more commercial environment. That was quite, Intel is, is a very large manufacturing environment. So that's when I moved to Dell and that was 21 years ago, um, wow. which is a long time. Um, but look, I've had many, I suppose, changes in role over that time. And that's really where I would say I launched my kind of executive career. Um, and it's been a fantastic journey. And right now what I do is I lead a team of about 800 team members across the world, delivering HR services to that are common to kind of all team members from onboarding, you know, to payroll, to employee relations, to um, merger and acquisitions, to privacy. So all that kind of gambit, if you like. So it's a great job. Love it. Yeah, and like your energy is just infectious. I'm not surprised that you've kind of climbed the corporate ladder in the way you have. But I'd love to bring you back to, I suppose, when you, you mentioned the 80s and things. So I suppose, obviously, you and I both know that there is not as many women in leadership as we would like versus versus the male, the men. And I'm just more curious to understand, like, your thoughts on the reasons why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a very complex kind of issue, I think, um, including, you know, some of the obvious things like, you know, a lot of women do choose at that time. I almost chose to kind of step back from my career, except that, you know, when I had a small child, but my husband, in fact, decided that he would step back from his career instead. Um, and that allowed us to kind of progress as a family unit. We had no support structure in the Dublin area, both our families were from down the country. So I think there, there's that element that a lot of women make these choices. Um, so they're just not putting themselves forward as much. That's one element of it. The second element I think is that there is a confidence issue for mm -hmm. a lot of women. And I would have personally, you know, suffered from that too. And, you know, I can tell you stories of, of kind of how I got over that. But I mean, that's a definite issue. I see it still. I see it every day. And I think we need to constantly encourage people and say, you can do this. Like, this is not rocket science. You can absolutely do this. And you can have a life. You know, absolutely. I, mean, that's the other I, I love that you said that, because that's what that's what my whole business is all about. I believe that you can have success. I believe you can have work life balance. And I believe you can be happy, but you need you need to be able to focus on yourself and come up with how you want your life to look. So I'd love you to talk a little bit first 
about the the confidence piece because for me one thing I had to learn especially when I started my own business and I had to go out on my own putting myself all over the place when I didn't want to is that confidence comes from taking action it doesn't come from um sitting there hoping one day you'll feel confident enough to do whatever it comes from putting yourself out there I believe and overcoming things that you think you could never overcome so yeah. what would your take be on if you said you had a story about maybe how you overcame that for yourself? Maybe you could share yeah. your little yeah. on that. Yeah, great, great point. And I couldn't agree with you more, by the way. Like you don't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm confident. You know, yeah. it's a it's something that's built bit by bit, small step by small step. So the example I was going to give you was um when I joined Dell initially, I was there as the site HR manager. I was happy in my nappy, thought it was a great job, loved it um, and was doing well. And then this position came up as an executive role. Um, it was a European wide business partnering role. And I knew about it. And then I kind of went, you know what, like, first of all, I think this will be just too complicated from a travel point of view, et cetera, with my son. Um, and secondly, you know, I think at heart, I was like, I- I'm not really ready for this, right? This is a, a phrase we use a lot as women. I'm not ready for it, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the general manager for the European business at the time happened to be sitting in Ireland, sitting in our office. And I had, you know, reasonable degree of interaction with him, although I didn't support him directly. Um, and he obviously, you know, for whatever reason, saw something in me. And he said, so are you going for this role? And I was like... No, I don't think so. You know, I don't think it's the right time. Yeah, that <laughs> and, old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, hmm, that's interesting. I said, why don't you, why don't we just have a chat about that? Um, so he set up time with me and he said, look, he said, you know, first of all, I want you to know if your reason for not going for this is because you want to spend more time with your, you know, son, peace. That's all good. Uh, you know, I'll back off. Right. But you know, what I want to do is explore your actual reasons, you know, and let's make sure they're based on facts. Mm. So which was like, and I I do this now all the time, because I I found it so powerful. And he was like, okay, let's, let's look at the travel thing. How much travel is reasonable from your perspective? How much can you do? You know, and so I outlined him and then he was like, well, actually, that's even more than will be required. So let's debunk that particular myth, right? There'd be no issue with the travel. You'd be well able to do it. It's not excessive. Then he's like, so, and I'm like, well, I don't have enough experience, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he's like, okay. So, you know, he said, look, here's what, you know, I am the leader in this role. I know what I want from my HR partner. This is what I want, right? And, you know, you're telling me you don't have enough experience, but like based on your background, you absolutely do have enough experience. So actually, you know, you're just afraid of failing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> just about, yes. Um, so he's like, well, listen, you're not going to fail in this role. He said, you know, first of all, you have the capability, you have the right mindset, you know, you have a big support network here, you know, like unless you completely screw up, I am not going to allow you to fail, you know, so, so don't worry about that. Like, Mm. that's not something that should be holding you back. Mm. Um, So can I just just ask on that just before I forget, like, 
a lot of the a lot of the work when I'm working with some of my clients, sometimes I hear things like, you know, they 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 want to do everything themselves. So women like at executive level have the, this this um inbuilt expectation that they I see that they put on themselves that because yes. they're at X level that they should have all the answers and that they can't yes. ask their boss for support and that they shouldn't be looking for support. Whereas yes. I had a client recently actually who ended up, you know, she was completely burnt out and ended up yes. going out and work on burnout. Yes. But when she actually did, her boss was more than happy to step in and support her and was like, yes. why didn't you come to me sooner? So yes. can yes. you talk to me a little bit just quickly about that, that women at senior levels around that expectation that they put on yes. themselves? Is that right or should they be looking yeah. for support? Yeah, great question. Um, So, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that many of us who manage to get into these positions get there because we are kind of ace doers um, and that is what we have been rewarded for in earlier parts of our career of being like give it to me I'll get it done you can rely on me type of thing right and then I think what happens is we have a tendency because of that and because you know with that comes a sense of I'll do it really well I'm a perfectionist I'll do it better than anybody else type yeah. of thing right and then all of a sudden you get into leadership role and you actually can't do it all, you know, mm -hmm. and what your job is to coach other people on doing it well. And it's a really tough transition. You know, if you are a perfectionist, it's very, very hard to get to a place where you trust other people to deliver and you're OK with them, like not doing it exactly the way you would do it or as good as, for example. Um, and you just, you know, so so that's the thing I think you know, plagues a lot of women that that we, you know, we are those like cross every T, dot every I, you know, and we've been trained like that and we've been rewarded for that in school and in earlier parts of our career. And then we can't let it go, you know? Yeah. So to your second point, though, I am a huge fan of asking for help. Um, I love it. Yeah. Huge fan of asking for help. I mean, I'll give you a great example of that. And it's a male example, actually. Um, and it was when I was in Intel, there was a guy who um, we had kind of, I had personally taken a risk on because he had no real HR background, but he had a good kind of training background. And I felt he had a really good kind of good judgment, good perspective, you know, balance. I felt he could make it. And even though he came in at a kind of a more senior level than we would normally bring people in without the kind of exact experience. So I was sort of invested in making him successful because I felt like I'd taken a risk on him to begin mm -hmm. with. Um, but like he came in and I swear to God, for the first year and a half, he damned me. I was like, why did I do this? Because he kept asking me questions like and he kept looking for help and looking for support. And, and you know, but I tell you, he turned out to be, you know, one of the best people that ever worked with me. Um, and he moved on to very senior positions elsewhere around the world. So like, but that was an example, like if that was a woman, they probably wouldn't have asked all those mm. questions. So his his learning trajectory just like took off, you know, mm. because he kept looking for help, mm. you know, and it's like, I don't know this. So what's the answer? Like, how would you approach it? Mm. Um, and then the next time he didn't need to ask me that question, he came up with another mm -hmm. one. <laughs> see, I think as women that we, we a lot of a lot of women I would see is that we're looking for external validation. I think a lot of the time that we're doing a good job. So I think yes. sometimes people think, women think that by if I ask the question, 
and I'm told to go away or that, that I'm too busy. It means yes. actually that my boss doesn't like me or thinks I'm not performing. So yes. how can yes. we kind of shift that mindset? What would your advice be? I just want to pause this episode for a second to tell you about something super exciting that I'm hosting on the 22nd of May and it's absolutely free. It's my brand new imposter syndrome breakthrough masterclass. I cannot wait because in this one hour masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to execute with confidence and feeling not good enough and confused as to how you can make changes to exploding your personal confidence in your leadership role and eliminating imposter syndrome for good so you can make the impact you want to make while maintaining balance and having a lot more fun too. Trust me, this is going to be so worth an hour of your time. Head over to lucygarden.com forward slash masterclass right now to save your seat. Like my advice would be focus always on the outcome, right? Mm. What outcome am I looking for here, right? And if by asking this person or that person or digging deeper or looking around more corners, we'll get a better outcome, then keep after it. You know, don't take no for an answer. Just because one person says no doesn't mean the next person is going to say no. So, you know, if you really focus on that, like what do I need to deliver a great outcome here? Um, I think it helps you to to not take these rejections as personal. Yes, you know? I love that. Absolutely love that. That is such powerful advice. I'm going to write that down. That's going to be a quote. I love that one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's about, you know, taking yourself out of it and just yes. focusing on the business. So the, I think yes. you know that age-old quote that we all know, which is you can't take anything personally in business. But unfortunately, a lot of women do. And I love yes. that what you just said there. If you do shift your mindset to look at the outcome and the business objective, it takes you yeah. out of it completely. And I yes. think, you, yeah, yeah, you can be able to go further. Okay, so that's the, the other thing I wanted to ask you then is obviously we've been talking all about this whole, I suppose, women in leadership and, you know, your strategies for, I suppose, success so far. But what would, would be your three top tips to my listeners who might want to get to a more senior level to get there without burning themselves out? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think the first thing, and and um, if I and I'm, I suppose I'm reflecting predominantly my own experience and what I have seen other senior females do, kind of thing. So just just to put it in context, but one of the things that I would say is, you know, you really need to kind of engage and get into the ring on things so what i see a lot in in corporations now is people are sitting in meetings all day long they're sitting there with their headsets on or you know in a room or whatever happens to be and they're actually not engaged you know there's 12 people at the meeting and there's four people doing all the running and the other eight are sitting there you know half of them are already switched off they're on their email they're you know looking at their facebook whatever right um and they're not actually influencing the outcomes of yes. those meetings right so if you want to be efficient and you want to be impactful then if you're in a meeting get into it you know and stay like I do things like for example I shut off my IM I shut off my outlook a lot of the time I put on my video if I'm in a zoom call 
because it forces me to engage. You know, it forces me to be seen. I can't be doing other things. It forces, it helps me to listen and concentrate on what people are saying. And when you're listening, you're much better able then to contribute. So it's not, I'm not saying talk for the sake of talking. I'm saying contribute and influence. But if you're not talking at all at a meeting, then you are not influencing. Yeah. So and what would you say there? Sorry, time. just on like, because mm. I'm, I'm getting visions of always, as you said, there's four, four, four people in a meeting that will be yeah. the vocal ones. So for the people yeah. who are less confident at speaking up in meetings, which is something I'd see a lot when that yeah. dynamic is going on, how yeah. would you suggest they get involved in the conversation? Yeah. So I would say, first off, go in with the intention of getting involved in the conversation. All right. Oh yeah. And then secondly, like, uh, this is why I find video very helpful um, because it's easier to, to jump into a conversation when you can see other people's faces, you can see who's about to jump in, you know what I mean? So you, you it's much, and obviously in, if you're in a meeting where you're face to face with people, it's, you know, you're watching the dynamic of what's going on. And then the third thing I would say is like, you know, don't be afraid, like just force yourself to get in you know and don't take no for an answer and if you kind of get in and say um oh that's an interesting point like and someone else doubles cross you go at it again do not give up you know yeah, because so, you're focusing on the outcome right like yeah you, so that exactly outcome comes in yeah and personally one of the tips i i use a lot is i try to get in first you know so someone's doing a presentation and it's and I, I learned this because I was like used to be the only one outside of North America. Like I'd be on the phone, everyone else be in the room. And, you know, like if you didn't get in quick, you couldn't get in at all because they wouldn't even hear you trying to get in on, on a piece of plastic in the middle of the table. Right. <laughs> at least now they can see you. Um, so but like if you get in quick, first of all, it, it tends to influence the conversation. Yeah into the direction you wanted to go, mm. you know? And secondly, once you're in and you've heard your voice, it gives you confidence to come in again. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, I love that. Okay, so you were saying to engage, so I suppose to be successful, you you need to engage, you need to influence, yeah. be, you know, get in at the meetings. What else, what yeah. would the other couple of things be? So the, the other couple of things would be, I would say, um, really focus on building relationships and trust, right? Because that is at the core of, of, of influence is if people trust you and they feel, you know, you have their back kind of thing. And some of the ways I personally try to do that is first of all, I'm very open and direct with people. Like they know where they stand. They know there's no hidden agenda. It's like what you see is what you get, right? Then the other thing is, you know, I am very aware of of listening to their perspective and showing them that I'm listening by being empathetic and saying, I get you. Look, it's a really tough situation you're in. So let's see how we can help, you know, resolve it or bring you support or whatever. So giving people that sense of I hear you, I know what you're going through type of thing and then actually delivering you know, mm -hmm. is the other big piece of building relationships and trust. So if I say I'm going to do something, by golly, I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. you know, and and if I if I can't, for whatever reason, I'll always go back to the person, you know, before the deadline and say, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Here's what's you know, I thought I could deliver it by next week, but actually this, this and this. 
and then you know people kind of have a, a much better understanding mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that that whole thing of relationships and trust is is fundamental mm -hmm. and the last point i would say then um the third one would be all around managing your head right yes. i call it yeah <laughs> um and to manage your head um you know it, it to me this is all about like how much your feelings actually are influenced by your thoughts so if you can get control of of how you think and you can stop yourself from going into a negative thought pattern then you're going to feel much better and that's yeah. going to drive your confidence up so it's all a connected circle that starts in my view with your thought process you know yeah so some of the things that i try to do there is um like a lot of a lot of how i approach life is tried in business is try to keep calm and balanced right because there's so many difficult decisions there's so many people involved there's so much emotion involved in a lot of these decisions that if you don't stay calm you kind of can't think logically you yeah. know so so to do that i'm very aware of like my physical and kind of mental well-being so i do a lot of exercise i know what it takes to keep me centered you know and that's mm -hmm. different for everyone so you have to find that out for yourself you know i know it's for me it's sleep i need at least you know seven to eight hours sleep a night if i don't get that i can't think straight um you know if i don't have physical exercise i get very anxious you know so just those kind of things it's as i say it's different for everyone but you need to know and then you need to draw boundaries around those things like you know and i'm very cognizant of i don't mind how hard i work during the week but my weekends are very precious to me mm. and i do not want to be working at the weekends so i am very aware of like drawing those boundaries you know people who work with me know that like you know if they want me at the weekend they have to whatsapp me because i'm not checking my emails yeah you know um and they adapt like people yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a myth at, at especially at executive level that you need to be on 24 seven. But in fact, yeah. that's just setting the culture for the rest of the organization. So I love that you're you're saying that, because if you switch off at the weekend, you give your team permission to switch totally. off the weekend. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. OK, so that's that's amazing. Um, the other thing I would actually talk to you all day. I have so many questions. And um, the other <laughs> thing you had said that really struck me at the event that I, I saw you speak at was about your personal brand. And you said something like um, nobody likes volatility in the corporate world and that, you know, you don't know which version of you are going to get. And that just really struck a chord with me because I've seen so many volatile leaders and they're the kind of people that you go up to and you're kind of going, shit, what mood is she going to be in today? Yeah, Can I ask her this yeah. question? Um, yeah. So talk to me a little bit first of all about what is a personal brand and how how important is it for you to, I suppose, portray the brand that you want to portray? Yeah. So, look, I mean, personal brand, in my mind, is, you know, it's it's that gut instinct people have when they hear your name. So if I say, you know, um, do you know Lucy? Um, and they're, you know, it's that, oh, yes, I know Lucy or, oh, yeah, I know Lucy type of thing. Right. So it's that instant feeling you get about someone that's in a sense what their brand in your mind is right mm -hmm. um and it is hugely important because it's very very powerful in 
um, it, to me, it's a really competitive tool that you have in the work environment. So if you have a good brand, then, you know, you are much more liable to have people tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, listen, we have a role coming up in three months time. Is it something you would be interested in, etc.? But, you know, to have a, a good personal brand, you have to, first of all, be known, right? Which means mm. that you can't just be in your little silo you know, beavering away and nobody knows you, like that's not helpful. So you have to be known, you know, in your own, I suppose, fear, but also beyond that. So the bigger your network, the better, right? And then you have to be known for great work, right? So you have to be known as someone who's differentiated, will really bring value to them, um, you know, someone they'd love to have on their team type of thing. So it's those kind of two two sides of it like there's the known and then known for I think that can really help your brand but a lot of a lot of people aren't aware of what their personal brand is in a company mm. environment and there's only one way to find out and that's to go and ask people you know find someone that are people that you trust people maybe are, that are in an area you want to move into and ask them straight out like look I'm working on my brand I'm really interested to understand how I'm perceived, both positively or negatively. You know, please be honest with me. It's in my interest. You know, so you actually go and ask them those kind of questions. Ask a few people. Um, because sometimes, like, the, the perception of us is different to the perception we have of ourselves. Sometimes it's better than we perceive ourselves. And sometimes it's worse. Yeah. But if you know, you can do something about it. I, lo I love that. I absolutely love that. And I remember when I, I worked in the corporate world, I asked two people for feedback once on that very thing. I asked one person, which was interesting, who I thought was going to give me negative. And she said to me, yeah. oh, my God, you're the most positive person I know. You get everything done. It was one of my bosses. And I was really taken aback because I was expecting constructive. Now, she probably yes. didn't be constructive. But then I asked somebody else who I thought was going to massage my ego. And, <laughs> and she said, well... You know, you you do talk a lot in meetings, and and I did, I, yes. I did because that was my way of I think filling the space, which I know some people like to do fill the space because if I fill the space, it means they can't see how incompetent I really am. So yes. by doing that, and I hear people say that all the time, I think it's so interesting. I think it's so so important to ask for that feedback because you can never improve unless you ask for feedback. So what would be your advice on the feedback piece? Because it's something so many people are terrified of. They don't like giving feedback. They don't like asking for feedback. How can we manage that better? Yeah, well, first off, I would say in the giving of feedback, um, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. Most people hate giving constructive feedback. They like giving positive feedback, right? because they're afraid of hurting the other person. But in reality, you're hurting them more by not giving them that constructive feedback. And in many ways, what you're trying to do is protect yourself from yeah. feeling bad about it, right? So I think you just have to change your perspective on it and say, listen, like I'm doing this for out of your, out of interest for, of you, you know what I mean? I'm doing it, it to, to help you improve, and so I think if you think about it that way, you're much more liable to be able to give that kind of feedback. The second thing is, like, personally, I have seen people be devastated by feedback they've got, like absolutely ruined, 
their confidence. Um, and that's that's terrible. I mean, nobody wants to be associated with that. And mostly when you're giving feedback, like nobody is all bad or all good. You know what I mean? There are things that people are really good at and there are things that they, that are getting in their way. So I think in my view, if you present it in that way that says, listen, what I see of you is you excel in these areas, but this thing is is tripping you up. Like mm -hmm. it's preventing you from, you know, doing blah, 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 whatever, right? And look, I'm on your side here. I want to help you and support you to overcome this thing. Mm -hmm. And that way, I think the person is much more open to hearing the, you know, your input versus dismissing it and saying, oh, do mind her, you know, she who is she anyway? Like, what would she know kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So it's it's about presenting it in a way that the person can hear what you're saying because mm. if they can't hear it they're not going to do anything about it mm. and I think as well it's it's about making it about their performance and not yes. them yes yeah completely so many people obviously I think they link in my experience with people I work with they link so much of their self-worth to their achievements and so much of yes. their identity is consumed in being this leader in this organization that's who they are they don't yeah. know necessarily who they are outside work so when you give feedback to somebody like that and I would have been one of them who really linked a lot of my self-worth my achievements to me that was like oh well, I'm a failure so yes. I think it's so so important to just kind That's of say like, point. it's about your performance. You are freaking yes. amazing. Even to start yeah. with something, I think like that yeah. is, is useful. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah. No, I absolutely think that that's so important that you know people need to see this as just it's an incremental learning. Do you know what I mean? It's an incremental step on your journey in a way mm -hmm. that says, look. These are all working great, but there's always more. There's like, I feel myself like there's always new stuff I can do. There's something I can better myself. I can improve. Mm -hmm. If I look back, even in the last five years, I can point to things that I feel like I have developed further. I have become better at. And you never arrive. You know, that's the thing I think that people need to understand. Like nobody has made it really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's always new stuff to learn. So, yeah. you know, it's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that Michelle Obama that her her book Becoming. You're always just becoming yeah, the next exactly. version. Exactly. Like, I love that that you have, you've obviously taken lots of feedback on board, which is why you got to where you are. Um. Okay. So just before we kind of wrap up, there's a couple of things I want to ask you. The first thing is this whole buzz buzz term about authentic leadership. I I actually hate that term. If I'm honest, it just sounds so bloody corporate, right? <laughs> um. But I like to think of it as I think it's really important just to be yourself and keep it real. That's what yeah. I think. And I think for you, it's very obvious that you are, I, I can tell right now that you are Marie. You're Marie. Yes. I see now, I'd say you're the very same at home. Whereas yeah. a lot of people feel like they they bring their, you know, leave their home self at home. They bring this professional persona this, at work. This kind of which, game face. <laughs> exactly. Which I actually think takes from their performance because unless you're yes. really truly yourself, how can you bring all of you to work? So yes. how do you, like, how would you encourage people? First of all, how important is it to be yourself? Yes. Um, yes. And how would you encourage people to be more themselves at work? Yeah. So I think, first of all, it's hugely important and it's become more important. Um, You know, and I don't know why that shift has happened. I think COVID definitely um propelled that forward because people were seeing the real person more you know they were seeing them in their home they were seeing their kids running around dogs running around you know what I mean so 
it took away the kind of corporate persona a little bit. Um, and but even before that, I would say, you know, as a result of the advent of social media and, you know, people kind of being put out there and slagged publicly, etc., it has become a much bigger deal. And to me, like uh, I use the word genuine because I think that is an easier word and less of a corporate word yeah, um, like than authenticity. But like, just think about like, are you being genuine? Like, and if you're being genuine, then, you know, people can see that. And if you're not, they can also see that very, very clearly, you know. Mm. And, you know, some of the things I try to do is like, I do not use corporate speak, you know, even, <laughs> you know, many times over my career I'd have had comms people and they'd be like writing stuff for me and I'm like oh I hate this like this is so not me you know mm. and in the end I was like I don't need comms people I'm just going to write my own stuff you know um, because I couldn't count like I'd read it and I'm like this this doesn't even sound like me you yeah. know <laughs> so I think you just have to kind of take control of your own narrative in a way say things in a way that Look, anyone could understand, you know, whatever level in the organization, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you met your, I call it the kind of elevator speech, like if you met someone in a, a lift and they said, what do you do? You have to be able to describe it in very simple terms. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is, like, I suppose on this term, again, all these corporate terms, I just I'm I'm allergic to yes. them because I believe you Me can too. be yourself <laughs> Um executive presence so yeah I, I've worked with clients before who've been told they need to improve their executive presence but because they're so busy trying to be somebody else they yes. I believe if they were just themselves and learned you know the skills and tools to bring people along you know build their confidence that is an executive presence but what they're being taught is like very specific criteria about you know how they should dress and how they should show up and things like that so tell me very quickly about your I suppose your advice on a building a better executive presence that's yeah. genuine yeah so like to me executive present is all about confidence it's all about feeling that you are you know whoever you meet at whatever level you are toe-to-toe -to -toe with them you know what I mean you're not above them you're not below them you're just like level right and kind of you know going into environments if you're going into an environment with a lot of more senior people you really have to get that into your mindset. You know what I mean? I'm as good as these people. I can contribute at the same level. I can just, they're just normal people I can have a chat with. And, you know, I think that's where it's a mindset thing. You know, mm -hmm. you've really just got to say, listen, at the end of the day, we're all human beings trying to do a good job, trying to make an impact. You know, there is no big hierarchy here. Just get that out of your head, you know, and treat them as people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that takes the pressure off. I love that. Yes. Okay, so just, just before we wrap up, um, something I always ask my guests, tell me, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? It doesn't have to be career-related. It can be from a family member, anything like that. What's something that comes to mind? Um, ooh, uh, you know, one of, the one of the strap lines, and I don't normally like strap lines, but I really like this one, and I think it's from the Irish Independent, where they say, you know, before you... And make up your mind, open it. And of course, it's about opening the newspaper, right? But I think that is a great piece of advice because so many times we make up our mind based on the wrong set of facts, 
assumptions we're making. I mean, it's back to almost that example I gave you at the beginning of like, I almost didn't get on the executive ladder because I had the wrong set of facts, you know? So I'm a huge fan of, before you make up your mind, get the data, understand it fully, and then make up your mind. Love that. Love it. Love it. Always back to the data. And finally, just to finish up then, what would be, if you could give one piece of advice to my listeners about how to be successful without burning themselves out, what would it be? So it would be every year you should think about at least one or two things that you want to make a big impact in. Like, and let's say this is in your work environment and focus on, you know, leaving a legacy in that area. So mm -hmm. taking whatever you're doing to the next level, you know, leaving something that your brand then becomes associated with. Because I think this is one of our biggest challenges. We spend so much time doing busy work, you yeah. know, attending meetings, answering emails, la, la, la. You know, and then when you look back, you say, well, what did I really do? What did I change? You know, did I leave a legacy? Um, because busy work doesn't do anything for your brand, mm. you know? Yeah. So that oh would be my advice. I love this. I cannot wait to go back through this transcript. There's so much gold in here. Marie, listen, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Um, if anyone wants to find you, can they connect with you on LinkedIn or... Yeah, they can. Now, the only thing is that I have uh, like a huge LinkedIn, um, you know, group. So I'm not able to stay connected with everybody. But yeah, they're welcome to. But if you want to connect, and this is another good brand tip, don't just send an invite, you know, say something about yourself, say that you listen to this podcast or whatever, you know, that's I get all these like random invites all the time from people I don't know with no context. So I don't accept them. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Listen, Marie, you've been an absolutely amazing guest. Thank you so, so much for your time. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Great, Lucy. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Wow. So, so much gold in there. And I can't believe I was calling Marie, Marie, but sure. Look, I've been called worse, so I'm really, really sorry about that, Mary. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today, guys. I I bet your head is like spinning with the amount of information. I want you to save this podcast as a favorite. I want you to go back to it when you feel like you need to be inspired, because I think you'll agree there was so much in there today. So don't forget, within 48 hours of doing this podcast, of listening to the podcast, I want you to start thinking about your career goals. And in next week's episode of the podcast, I am going to be taking you through step by step how to actually set your career goals for 2023 and the strategies to achieve them. So wait for next week. You're going to totally enjoy it and take the time over Christmas to focus on you for a change. So until next time, be safe, be well, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Bye.